Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast with me, Caroline Scott. This week we're hearing all about the latest project from Contrast VR, Al Jazeera's immersive media studio. Back in 2015, Europe began to feel the pressure of the refugee crisis, with thousands of people fleeing their homes in war-torn Syria. News organisations around the world were experimental and innovative in their reporting of the crisis, with journalists on the ground complementing their more traditional news coverage, with footage from Periscope, Snapchat and Instagram to broadcast raw, unedited material that took audiences along with refugees during their journey through Europe. But like any other big news story, when the shock and hype over the crisis began to settle, audiences tended to move on and avert their attentions onto the new, latest headlines, even if fighting in Syria continues and people are still living in refugee camps. Al Jazeera's immersive media studio, Contrast VR, has just released its latest project that seeks to re-invoke attention to the crisis and, more importantly, the people involved. The project, produced in partnership with World Vision, encompasses two films shot in 360 degrees. Dreaming in Zatari, Stories After Syria, filmed and produced by the team at Contrast VR, and Seven Stories for Seven Years, a documentary shot by Syrian refugee children themselves, all trained in the technology and storytelling by staff at the publisher. In 2012, Zatari refugee camp opened in Jordan near the Syrian border. Though it was designed as a temporary settlement, it's become home to tens of thousands of Syrian refugees who have stayed for years. Narrated by actor Liam Cunningham, Seven Stories for Seven Years shows the interwoven stories of seven young Syrian teenagers who are living there. Zahra Razul, who's the editorial lead at Contrast VR, chose to focus on three of them for Dreaming in Zatari, Stories After Syria, producing their editorial documentary on the lives of these young people, highlighting their hopes and their dreams. Colourful animation was added in post-production to give the footage a dreamy, childlike feel, a relatable feeling for all audiences watching. If I could go anywhere, I would be in Paris, sitting underneath the Eiffel Tower. I wish I could be like my mother. She could travel when she was my age, because she had a passport. I want to be a pharmacist. Here, in our neighborhood, people don't know much about medicine, and I want to help them. When the electricity comes on in the camp, I watch American movies. They help me improve my English, but I really love them because of all the adventure. I wish I could go on those kinds of adventures. caught up with Zara on Thursday this week at the London launch event for the project, where reporters got to watch the 360-degree footage through a VR headset and hear more about the making of the two films. 
So the main motivation for this project was to be able to show the Syrians as teenagers first with dreams and ambitions rather than as refugees. And you've got two very, very different films. One's obviously more of an editorial piece and one's more of a, not a DIY piece, but it's very professional almost with the children who have learned. Can you tell us a little bit about the process of how you actually train them up? Absolutely. So we actually spent 10 days in total in uh, Zathri and uh, we started off by doing the workshop with the seven Syrian teenagers that were identified for us and we spent the first few days literally just workshopping. So teaching them how to use the camera, going through manuals, teaching them what the post looks like, uh, teaching them what storyboarding means in 360 and then we actually went out with them into the field and just guided them on how to film the best practices for filming. We wanted to be able to give them these skills that they would actually be able to use later on in life too, not just only for our project. Each of the, the teenagers, the 17s, made their own video and that ended up being the seven pieces that we did under the banner of seven stories for seven years. <laughs> Seven years ago, the Syrian war began. In search of safety, many fled the conflict to Jordan and found a home in Zatari refugee camp. We trained seven teenagers in Zatari to use 360 cameras. These are the stories they captured. After spending a few days with the kids, uh, we then focused on three teenagers from that group to do our own editorial piece, which is Dreaming in Zathri. And uh, the main aim of that piece was to be able to show them as teenagers just with dreams and ambitions like any other teenager around the world. And how do you think it makes a difference editorially, filming something yourself as a production team and editing up, as opposed to getting the kids to tell their own stories? What's the difference between the two main pieces and how, and how it comes across in a journalistic sense? The interesting thing is that, you know, before we went on the shoot, I had an idea, I had a vision of what the editorial piece would look like. And this was my vision before I actually spent any time in the camp, way before I'd spent any time with these teenagers. Since we did the workshop first, and and we spent almost a week with these teenagers, getting to know them, spending time with them, understanding their day-to-day -day life, them being able to form a relationship with us and have that comfort zone. So when it actually came to the editorial piece, it was very similar in its tone and voice compared to the pieces that they did because we were able to understand their reality in a much better way. These, these kids were a lot more comfortable with us. And so I think that what the piece was envisioned at the start turned out to be pretty different from what it is in its final product. And I think in my, in my, my opinion, it's a lot more authentic and it's a lot more intimate because we had so much time with these people before we actually shot the editorial piece. And it's quite a big undertaking, isn't it? Going out there, finding all these children, teaching them up and then and actually do it themselves. Yeah. Do you have any advice for any other news organizations looking to do kind of similar projects and what's the time scale like on that? These stories are most powerful, like, you know, stories when we are talking about people who have 
who come from conflict zones, who, who have faced these challenges in life. These stories are so much more powerful when they come straight from the people themselves, when they're coming from the community. And I think that even if you want your editorial piece to be really strong, you have to make sure that you're involving the community, you're involving these people who have been through these challenges in the process of your storytelling. That means making sure that they're part of the editorial, that they're co-producers, you know, they're working not just as fixers, but also have a real, real voice in the piece. And if you want to do something like that, it takes longer, but I do think that the outcome of it is, a, is, is worth it. And virtual reality in itself, a completely different way of storytelling, a new way of storytelling that's far more intimate and immersive. How does that help you tell the story of the Syrian refugees? Because obviously, there's, as you say at the beginning, it's been covered massively in the media and it's just a fine, you find a way of kind of interact with that. I noticed you use animation in there as well, which is completely different to anything I've seen and it was inspirational. Yeah. And you know, that I think is the common thread in a lot of the content that we do at Contrast. Uh, when we started the studio, the goal was to be able to focus on the Global South, to tell stories from these regions, to tell stories from conflict zones, but to focus on the positive side of these people in the communities, because this is their reality. We want to be able to fo focus on their striving, on their innovation, and how they deal with their situation. The reason I think it's powerful to tell these stories in virtual reality, because I do think that this is a medium that is uh, pretty intimate in the way you experience somebody's environment and reality through technology and good storytelling. So if it is used the right way, you are able to experience it in a way that no other medium would allow you to. How do you know what stories are right for virtual reality? Because I mean, it's maybe easy for journalists to say, oh, let's just take a Samsung 360 camera out there and you know people can see it as they were in the situation. But how do you know when a story is going to affect them to understand the story as opposed to just be there? Yeah, and I think that is probably the toughest part uh, in our production process too, is to be able to determine whether this is a story that is fit for the medium. Because most stories are not better told in the medium. Most stories are better told through a photo gallery or through a linear video or through a text piece. A huge component of the story is to be able to experience somebody's environment, to be able to be in a location that has scale, that, that there is a reason to be able to look all around you and to see different parts of, of where you are. I think those are the stories that are more effectively told in the medium. But I also think that being said, it is a lot more challenging when it comes to the ethics of the medium and I've mentioned this before in my talks, as when I'm out in the field, it's much harder to shoot a VR doc compared to a linear doc because now suddenly, you know, you're not just filming your subject, you're filming everybody that's around there, you're filming the entire community. And a lot of the times, those people don't actually know that they're on camera. Uh, when you have a DSLR, you're pointing the DSLR to your subject and anybody who doesn't want to be in the story can move out. And they know that that's a camera that's filming something. When you take a VR camera out there, most people don't even know it's a VR camera. Most people don't know that they're in the shot. And so, you know, your responsibility to tell that story accurately, to tell that story authentically is so much higher. And it is a lot harder. It's interesting that you mentioned the ethics yeah. of, of VR storytelling because I think that's maybe an issue that journalists and reporters might not necessarily start to think because, yeah. you know, it's filming 360 degrees around you and something could be happening way off in the distance. Yeah but maybe something that you might not necessarily want to show on camera. In terms of looking to the future then for poss the possibility of live 360 storytelling, yeah. what are your concerns and thoughts at Contrast VR about yeah. where this technology is going and what 
the future holds for it? Uh, we're excited to be in this space just because you know we're at the initial stage, especially when it comes to the news industry. You know, figuring out what the language looks like, what are the ethics of this medium? Just because you have a 360 camera, a VR camera, um, and you can place it somewhere, doesn't mean that you should. You know, um, there are a lot of considerations that you you have to bear in mind before you're actually using this technology to do storytelling. And I think that the more we do storytelling and news content in this medium. Uh, we will be better equipped to answer those questions and to be able to find out what are the best ways to use VR in journalism. Can you tell us about any projects you've got coming up after this or is that under wraps? Uh, so we are actually looking to do more, you know, it, it, Contrast was set up to be sort of the testing lab of Al Jazeera Digital to use new emerging technologies to do storytelling. So I think, uh, you know, later on in the year you'll see more projects with interactive VR and augmented reality from the studio. And in terms of audiences who are engaging with this content, are you finding that it's easier for them to get involved with it at the moment? Or do you think there's still kind of a barrier between the production process and the actual consumption of this technology? Yeah. Uh, one of our main goals also at the studio was educating people with the technology. We are producing this content, but we are very focused on the community being able to access the technology and to be able to use it. So. Whenever anybody pitches us stories, if they are not VR storytellers or they don't know how to use a 360 camera, we actually spend a lot of time and we put in a lot of resources to educate people and train them. So a lot of the freelancers that we work with are using a 360 camera for the first time. So I think when it comes to contrast, we have less barriers to working and educating people when it comes to this new technology. Thank you to Zara for speaking with me there. And if you at home would like to watch the films, you can find them on Al Jazeera's website and YouTube channel. For more podcasts from journalism.co.uk, please visit our website.